0: Sicily 68, having a good look at them, a very good look indeed. A long ranger. Tom Mitchell gets underneath it a fraction, but it's a thing of beauty as it goes through the middle. Ruffhead knocks it down, goes after it himself. Can he be the hero for Hawthorne? High right foot snap, Ruffy goal. Ruffhead landed the killer blow in an epic bout at the MCG. It's a victory that from humble beginnings keeps Hawthorne's season alive and condemns Collingwood to
1: another
2: year without finals football.
0: Round 15 saw Hawthorne spoil Scott Pendlebury's party, defeating the Pies by an even four goals to make it back-to-back wins after the bye. And best of all, we're starting to see some of our young guns come of age, shaping the future of this terrific club. There's plenty to get through, so let's get into it. Hello, my name is Nick Mason. Welcome to the most must-hear podcast for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club, the Hawk Talk Podcast. Now, my co-host Tiz is still living it up overseas, lucky him, so I've called in another special guest. You can find him at the MCG cheering on the Mighty Hawks or catch his posts on the Fan Forum Hawk Headquarters. Welcome, Rusty Brooks. Hi, Nick. How are you going? I'm going very well after this weekend. And yourself, I trust you're similarly uh, travelling all right?
2: Yes, no, nah, feeling uh, pretty good. Good about life this week.
0: (laughs) It was a good win, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it really was. And um, as you mentioned, the the form of the young players has been really um, solid over the last probably month of footy, really. But um, also just good to see players maybe uh, playing roles that they haven't before or or have been groomed to playing such as Sicily in the back line. Yes. I reckon two weeks in a row has been terrific.
0: (laughs) You want to know the number one thing I noted as soon as the, the first siren went? I cast my eyes down to the goal square. Taylor Jure, full forward. Yeah. That that, was interesting.
2: (laughs) That's Alistair Clarkson 101, though. The ability to uh, think outside the box and Mm. see a role that needs to be filled and and put someone in there that you wouldn't think could do it, but he knows that they can, so...
0: Yeah, he's big on uh, people who are versatile. He loves building versatility in players. Uh, God, I would never have predicted that was how it was going to start. But boy, didn't it work. Yeah, he was terrific. And um, particularly
2: with Piopolo and, and Rioli not down there, we, yes. we really did need a defensive forward. Mm. And he stepped up to the plate perfectly.
0: He really did. Uh, now, before we get stuck into the game and uh, your history as a Hawks supporter, uh, I just want to thank everyone that supported us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, we've got 25 five-star ratings. That's shot up from last week all of a sudden people have jumped on board giving us more five-star ratings we have a perfect run there's been no arsehole that's jumped on board and spoiled it for us yet as well as everyone that's following us on Twitter big thanks to you guys at Hawk Talk Pod. we're now just a few away from 500 followers I can just reveal when I started this podcast with Tiz uh, me personally my aspiration was to get about 500 followers by the end of the season so this is huge for us and all all of your support counts it's amazing I should just say I'll be live tweeting our game against the Giants this weekend so uh, just a heads up for that get on board it's all a lot of fun, especially when we win, that helps. <laughs> so, Rusty, let's rewind and uh, go back to when you first started supporting the Hawks. Yes, so long... has it been a lifelong venture?
2: Um, close to it. Um, I've started following the club in 1980, yep, when I would have been about seven years old. Um, my family, my immediate family, so my, my mum and dad aren't really big football people. Mm. Um, so I was in a sense, ripe for the picking from a variety of um, influences. So,
0: yeah, right. That's really fascinating because, uh, you know, the, the road um, most commonly travelled, you would say, is uh, family is usually a strong influence on what people do and their relationship with AFL, but not so here. Yeah, no,
2: not really. But um, my grandparents, I had two sets grandparents. So on the dad's side, they were uh, very much Essendon. Mm. So my dad had grown up in Essendon. And my mum's side, who had come to Australia in the 1960s, um, mm. even though they all lived down in Airport West, were Hawthorne supporters. Okay, wow. Um, in a very circ- circuitous route to actually end up being <laughs> Hawthorne supporters <laughs> through my uncle, who um, used to be um, a big big drinker with a lot of the Hawthorne trainers. Oh, okay. So that was the connection there. But yeah. um, I was sort of, yes, allowed to my own devices, but... Um, we moved out to Box Hill in the late 70s, yep. and there was a kid down the street named Damien, who uh, convinced me that Hawthorne were the team to go for. Excellent. And uh, so he did a good job there, um, particularly 1980 when we weren't travelling particularly well. Yeah. So that was when Richmond, yes, were, yeah. were on fire, and I always think if I had jumped on a bandwagon, it would have <laughs> been the Richmond one. So, and what so, a
0: bandwagon. It's been disappointing people for years.
2: Exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> I look back at that now with, yes, I had the, the foresight I mean, to, and wisdom to actually pick a side that wasn't travelling that well at the time. But yeah, and, and you jumped on
0: board at exactly the right time, didn't you? It
2: did. So, it was the year, I think that was David Parkins last year as coach. Right. And I think Alan Jean started in 1981 mm. um, and, of course, yeah, started building what was Yeah, one of the biggest dynasties in the sport.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the lesson to take away from this, listeners, is peer pressure absolutely works and you should cave in every time. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You were convinced of Eric for Hawthorne and and look at you now. You know, we we talk about success, obviously, by way of premierships. Do you have a favourite in all the ones that you've seen? How many have you seen? I mean...
2: I've seen nine.
0: Yeah, wow. So,
2: um, but actually been at them, I've only been at three of them. Right. Uh, So, again, because my family weren't, huge followers I was sort of uh, stuck stuck at home watching them on telly as yeah, a kid yeah it makes sense yeah. so I think the 2008 one it, yeah. it did so sort of felt like it came out of nowhere oh didn't I mean, it yeah it, it was great um, <laughs> I sort of remember being at the actually after the prelim game walking with a hype of the M10 guys and mm. I think we ended up at a pub out and it might have been the Dan O'Connell I think yeah. and um, we're all sort of looking at each other a little bit stunned and <laughs> the, the, the realisation that we'd made it hadn't quite set in Yeah, and that week seemed to fly, and it was yeah you know, a bit like being a babe in the woods, in a sense, a bit like Oliver in you know in, in the Dickens story where um I felt like a little kid just not understanding what to do during that week, you know, what do we do? you know are we allowed to wear our footy stuff to work and, <laughs> um, and then even on the day that the grand final, I remember because I can remember that day incredibly clearly, yeah, I can remember what time I got up, I was amazed I actually slept because I was convinced I wasn't going to sleep. The night before, just yep. to the excitement of it, and I went for a run early in the morning and nearly got hit by a car. Jeez, um, okay. <laughs> someone backed out of a driveway without looking. Oh so, god. Um, yes, yeah, so I thought, geez, yeah, um, maybe I've got rid of all the bad luck in one go.
0: Oh um, right, okay. Yeah. So you're, that, that's the positive the hic- on it. That's yeah. today's hiccup. We're over the hump that's now. That's the way I looked at it. Yep. Yeah. So um, you had your patch of bad luck. Cam Mooney got his out all over the grounds. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> After using up his good luck early on in that game, where he kicked yes. two two terrific goals, and yep. I thought, "Oh, here we go." Then, yes, the the um, yes, the kicking from there was um, much to my liking. But um, I remember I got to the ground at maybe nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um,
0: now, my my memories of this day uh, that's the first grand final I'd had been to, and certainly the first premiership I'd seen. Um, my memory of the day is a bit fuzzy in terms of early on. I don't actually remember if if I if I'd, I I'm guessing I did attend the uh, the barbecue, the ritualistic barbecue. It's it's a thing that happens now for Hawks members.
2: Yeah, I, I don't even know if we did one at that time. No, I was um, going to say I have
0: no memory of it, so yeah. I would not be surprised if it wasn't a thing.
2: I think because again, I think because we were new at it and didn't really. All we were just thinking of was actually just getting to the ground and yeah. getting to
0: the game. It was definitely, at that stage, there was um, a, a brotherhood, I guess. You know? Oh, without a doubt. There, yeah. there was a band, uh, you know, Hawk Headquarters obviously in full swing and had been for a long time. and um, Yeah, I, even if there wasn't that pre-match barbecue, certainly that elation after the siren, everyone congregating at M10. At 10 yeah, exactly. Um, it was
2: a very, very um, uh, pleasant memory and um, just during the day, too, I kept running into people from M10. Yeah. You know, going for a beer or whatnot. And um, I remember at half time I was very, very upbeat, um, thinking that Geelong had used a fair bit of petrol and we actually had the lead.
0: Yeah, they cooked a lot of their chances.
2: Yeah, and I, I sort of thought, I knew, just had the feeling that we were going to, something was going to go right. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it's
0: quite a few moments in that third quarter. What confirms your suspicions that it might be our day?
2: It was Cyril Rioli's... Uh, the goal where he roved it...
0: Yeah, with, off Franklin. Off Franklin, yeah. yeah.
2: And it was one of those moments because I was stuck somewhere in an absolutely horrible viewing area, mm. which I was really... Gl- in some ways, really glad I was there because it was just total hardcore supporters.
0: Do you remember whereabouts? I think you it was M16.
2: And, okay. And we are yep. crammed... It felt like I was crammed into a cage. Like it was, <laughs> So I think it was on the, the border of the AFL members and the, and the yeah, public. Yeah, I was going to say it yeah. would be
0: around there, yeah.
2: But I had a, a perfect view of Rioli even... I could just see everything he was doing, yeah, and I could yep. see that he was going to get the ball from that contest. And I sort of called it's, it before he, you could just see it was going to happen. It's one of those
0: moments where time but, slows down,
2: exactly. Yeah, and you could just see it unfolding. And when he kicked that goal, that was after he'd done that tackle too. I think you could really see that's there was, right. There was, yeah, the whole team looked upbeat, and yeah, when you got the youngest player on the ground doing that, some of the other guys could see a, a path. And I could see the Geelong. You could really see the Geelong backline. For the first time that year were uncertain yeah. as to to where they needed to go because all, all the players were actually starting to get in Williams yeah. Osborne, all these guys were actually doing really well
0: it was just a, a full on assault yeah, of, of uh, an array of talent. It wasn't just down to Buddy or Ruffy who had been you know, the shining lights up forward for us it was uh, It was a number of things, and you know you bring up a good point, I think there's a certain patch of commentary by Bruce where uh, you know I think Ablett turns over the ball it ends up being a, a due, another due goal another bomb like a snap around the corner and uh, his commentary says something like Geelong have run out of you know, ideas, ideas by yeah. the look of it it's, it's just the most appropriate and perfect call it, it because was. they really looked panicked
2: yeah and that is exactly what it was that goal was terrific because I remember um, because I'd gotten there so early I sort of wanted to keep my spot and I met up this Scottish bloke this older bloke and I said look if you mind my spot, I'll go grab you a beer. Mm. He said that sounds that sounds like a bonny idea. So we, we were <laughs> we were we were chatting away and drinking for most of the day. And um, I remember him turning around when Stewie G kicked that goal and a screaming directly <laughs> into my face because <laughs> I think yeah you know, that stage I, I I knew we well I I thought we had the game then the yeah. last um, minute of that game we managed to cough up thirteen points yeah all, right so I remember going in at. Three quarter time thinking that's definitely not over, and that was the tension in that last quarter was almost unbearable. But that's when Buddy kicked the goal, and then
0: oh, yeah, it was over, and
2: we knew we were home.
0: I remember, um, you know, I'm talking about congregating back at M10, and it felt like an eternity the migration out (laughs) of the ground. I, I, my memory is most of us got as far as just outside gate five, (laughs) and then we just sort of hung around aimlessly, like we didn't want the moment to end. Because as you, as you say, I, I feel like it was the general feeling amongst Hawthorne supporters that it was unexpected.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think at the start of the year, I thought we'd we'd do
0: well. Mm. And I knew, because we
2: had all these younger players starting to to really stamp themselves as sort of top-line players. Mm. But, yeah, I hadn't really thought of a premiership that year. No. But, um, yeah, I, I, the, I mean, I remember leaving the ground, I climbed up and kissed the Lee Matthews statue <laughs> and then I think I ended up at your brother's house yeah right okay he was living... this is absolutely news to me <laughs> Well, wow. I think he was I think it was because
0: he would have been living around jo- yeah around Jolly Pond yeah. at the time so I remember what, I, what a location it was it
2: was so I remember being I think it was at his house because yeah. I think one of our, um, the erstwhile M10 um, residents Tom Card who's a Guy I've been going to the footy with for well over twenty years had yep. stashed a whole heap of um I think whiskey or something <laughs> and said come around, we'll go yeah and and then we were, I remember we we're watching the game on record it and replayed and it was I was really surreal standing there thinking yeah. yeah it was that whole pinch me am I actually dreaming this is happening yeah. and no it actually is and um
0: yeah that was just a tremendous. Tremendous day. It's amazing to see how, uh, you know, I use that word brotherhood. It's amazing to see how it's evolved. I don't mind using the word brotherhood. It is still predominantly male, it feels like. Yeah. It is a bit of a boys club without the, the negative connotations that sometimes come with that phrase. But, uh, you know, the barbecue, the, the ritualistic grand final morning barbecue now that comes along with it. And as you say, like going back to someone's place and watching the replay, yes. uh, it's it's really, it really is special.
2: Yeah. And it's added... That that whole aspect of following football really added a lot more to it than just being a fan of the game, in a sense, or a fan mm, of the club. Yeah. Um, the, the whole social side of it that M10's brought and Hawk headquarters brought has uh, really added to my enjoyment of watching football. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even the bad times. I think we've had good times in M10, if, mm. if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I remember in the mid-2000s when we couldn't, we couldn't get a kick... If we had a kick out, we'd all start groaning because we just could not get it out of the back I, line. Yeah, yeah. And the Benny... Everyone would start singing the Benny, the Benny Hill, Hill theme. Music. Yeah, so <laughs> things like that, actually, yeah, I reckon that's great that you can actually do that and have a laugh at the footy sometimes yeah. rather than the fact you've got someone to share it with makes, makes it a lot of fun. Well,
0: it's, it's funny. You just reminded me of the fact that recently I was at uh, the Richmond-Sydney game where Sydney got off the canvas and ended up beating Richmond. Uh, getting back into it, being them in, at the last quarter, and Richmond choked once again. But something I noted in that game, which certainly I noted on the podcast as well, uh, Richmond have their own M10 esque cheer squad yep. in, in M2, sort of near the goals. Yep. Now, I've since learned after reporting that on the podcast, uh, they're called the Grog Squad. That's correct. And they are a shadow of M10. <laughs> they have nothing on our community. So I
2: think I think that grog squad in their defence actually has been maybe running longer than has M10. It? I think that actually has its wow. traditions back to the 80s.
0: Really? So I think I've never noticed them.
2: I think three clubs were known as having unofficial cheers huh. slash grog squads, and it was
0: uh,
2: Richmond, Collingwood, and Hawthorne had one as well. Right. I don't think M10 M10 just sort of happened because there's there's another group in M4 who are good on them but I don't think their their cheers are quite or their songs are quite as
0: well thought <laughs> out as M10 so but that's but not, we would say that
2: but we would say that because we like standing in M10 but um yeah. but I do know other clubs that, there is an underground of... I know I've got a mate who's a Geelong supporter, believe it or not. Do, do friends at <laughs> Sorry, did you say a mate? Yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> I've actually got several. Um, and amazingly, I found out they've got the same sort of thing, the same... So it does happen around place. But I think, out of all the ones I have seen, I still think M10's... Yeah. Got the... Uh, definitely the, the funniest <laughs> chance um, and the best ones, I think. it has
0: got a good sense of humour about it.
2: That's one of the things that's always attracted me to it. And um, I think... That's that's one of the things that I said. Actually, adds to my enjoyment of going to
0: footy. You know, since we're talking about Hawk, Hawk headquarters, you know, some listeners, you know, as we go through this, they they might be outside of that community and not really sure what it is. I guess um, I've covered it in bits and pieces over various podcasts, but I know how I got involved in, in standing in M ten and involved in that community. It's a very you know, very obvious relationship <laughs> of my brother was heavily connected with. Um, the, the conception of it and bringing it to life, that online forum. Um, what was your path in?
2: That's a really good question because it's, again, strange. And this probably says a lot about me as a person. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually found out, I first got into the whole, I didn't even realise there were football forums till I was actually reading uh, a pro wrestling website one day. Right. And I'm mentioning there's this website, there's a wrestling forum on this website called Big Footy. Hmm. So I actually went to Footy first and went, I didn't know these things actually existed. Yeah. We could talk about footy. And this was probably t- around 2000 mm. when Big Footy actually wasn't the cesspit it can be now. It was actually people, <laughs> you could actually meet people there and, and people are actually just genuinely not talking about yeah, the game. Yeah, it
0: feels a bit saturated now. It does a bit, yeah. yeah. There's still,
2: I still don't mind going on there. But yeah, so it started from there. And then, um, so this would have also coincided with Waverly being yeah, closed down. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the bunch of people I... Used to go to the footy with at Waverley. I don't know how we all ended up in Tim, but we did. And, yeah, well. Um, at the same time, I was finding out at, at, from Big Footy, someone in Big Footy said, "Hey, we've got this other site called Hawk Headquarters." Right. Yeah. And I might have a look at that. And then dare just,
0: say it might have been like well, I don't know, like Brett or Mocker or Collar yeah, or someone like that. It was, it like
2: was that. definitely those three. But the guy yeah. that actually probably that I met first was Grendel. Right. Okay. So yeah. um, because uh, Grendel and I. Uh, similar age um, Similar interest in music yep. And pop culture And um, even the books and stuff we read Yeah, So we, we got along really well Just from shared experiences And yeah, stuff sure. and, um, So that was sort of my pathway Into, into um, Hawk Headquarters mm. But what's interesting at the, t- at the same time Was all the people I used to go with for footy At Waverley A lot of them who aren't on Hawk Headquarters yeah. Still end up in m 10 as well. <laughs> yeah. So it was nice. These two worlds collided beautifully for me. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of, um, yeah, and that's that's how I sort of ended up in it, um, getting onto Hawk headquarters.
0: Well, we did miss you on the weekend. Couldn't make it out for the Hawthorne-Collingwood uh, clash. You have caught up, though. Which yes. Which great, yes. great to hear. So we can talk about it at length. Uh, it was a good win. It was an untidy win. Somewhat frustrating game at times, I've, I felt. I don't know if that was your reading. Uh, yeah, I heard something on the radio that... Uh, the number of turnovers
2: from both sides <laughs> it was, was pretty bad. I think it was around <laughs> a, close to eighty each, which was yeah, which was huge. But um it, I mean it looked like two two sides towards the bottom of the ladder playing.
0: plane. Yeah, that's a fair call.
2: Um but it was an, I thought it was an entertaining game. And Oh, for sure, yeah. I thought we deserved to win.
0: Yeah, I thought we did too. Yeah, I I agree with the assessment that it was scrappy and it wasn't the best display of AFL footballing skills ever. It wasn't a great exhibition of that. But uh, that said, I I very much thought as the game unfolded that we were were the better team. And I I felt at some point when Collingwood was getting back into it in the second quarter, uh, already by that stage, I thought, oh, this is going to be a really tough loss. If we, if we have to sit with this. Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's one thing to, to be on the losing end of, like, a really cracking game. And you know that, you know, it's bittersweet. But, uh, you know, to lose just a rubbish affair on a Sunday afternoon, it just stings all the more. We did have some highlights in uh, Tom Mitchell. I mean, once again, he's the recruit for us. Uh, 35 touches, 12 of them contested at 85.7% efficiency and two really important goals for the second week running, really. He's been terrific and I as I said I do still go on Big footy and the stuff the rubbish
2: that's said about Tom Mitchell on that side <laughs> is unbelievable and it's permeated a little bit into the sort of wider media as well and um, and I did see a, a lovely re- um, tweet from the Hawthorne Football Club this week. Regarding, uh, yeah, in regards to it
0: it was playing off, uh, you know, the talk that came out of the last clash between Hawthorne and Collingwood, where Mitchell racked up 50 touches and people had the nerve to question whether they were effective or whether he had any real um, impact on the game.
2: It's crazy, and I think this is where statistics can be misleading at times. So, something like meters gained, yep. That's fine if you're a half-back flanker that's, whose job it is is to move the ball long distance. His job's there to, to actually rocket out a handball
0: exactly to right. the next
2: person in the chain. And he does that as good as anyone playing the game at the moment, in my view. And he does it quickly. He normally does it with, with a lot of skill. And not only that, he also finds the best option straight away. He does. He's an yep. incredibly good player. And no one... Say, so, all right, that's not going to show up in the, the metres gain, but in terms of... The actual impact he's having—it's it's been tremendous. But
0: well, I feel like in the world of stats, you know, that's the sexy new stat. It's meters gained, and yeah. all, all these really ultra-specific ones that we now measure people by. It's—I uh, don't know. I'm—I'm I'm a traditionalist. I look at the very basic stats. Uh, I love my, you know, disposals and the disposal efficiency is telling. It's how, mu- how much of the ball did you get and how much was worthwhile <laughs> you know it's basically what it comes down to
2: but even with disposal efficiency you look at someone like, like Luke Hodges game on the weekend where mm. I mean some of his were just hacks out of the back line but that's what he's doing he's, his mindset is I'm going to get it out of the back line yeah. set it and if the ball comes back in we'll all be right to actually repel it again yep. so even that sometimes doesn't tell the, the whole story mm. um, but I mean yeah, out of the, yeah at the same time you can look at someone like Ryan Burton's game and uh, I forgot what his disposal efficiency was, but it was ludicrous. You know, since, since like
0: you've brought British. us there, and I know the fans are hanging out for it, let's talk about Ryan Burden. Yes, now this Ryan Burden update comes courtesy of at Source Marlow, who is all over Burden's terrific game yesterday. Uh, he finished up with twenty nine disposals at ninety percent efficiency, seven intercepts, five score involvements, four hundred and sixty four meters gains. There is that sexy stat again, and five inside fifties. Twenty nine touches is apparently his PB. As well,
2: yeah, um, yes. I mean, we all should be excited about Ryan, but um, I think last week in the game against Adelaide, when he kicked those two goals, yeah, I'd end up punching up my couch out of it. I needed to just blow off <laughs> energy and excitement from, from what he was doing, but he was terrific again, and um, I mean, I I, it's hard to spot a flaw in his game at the moment.
0: Ken. The Ryan Burton bandwagon rolls on. It's sensational. It's really fun to be a part of. There was actually, before we started recording, I was on Twitter and uh, <laughs> it wasn't tweeted directly at us, but I, I noted this and it gave me a chuckle. Someone had, uh, without context, had tweeted, uh, are there any words greater than the words, let's have sex? And someone had quoted that in a tweet and said, Ryan Burton. <laughs> <laughs> He's just that I, good at the moment. He's just such an exciting prospect, and he's even got the sort of Johnny
2: Unitas haircut. So <laughs> he's, um no, he, everything about him is just just terrific. And um, I must admit, i I hadn't really seen enough of him at Box Hill, or yeah. and I didn't know. I mean, I knew he was good, but I didn't think he was going to be this good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. I remember when he first you know, debuted in the Seniors, I felt like he looked like a natural, but I could not have predicted that he'd look this good this soon. I mean, this podcast is perpetually in danger this year of becoming a Ryan Burton <laughs> fan cast. So let's move on. Let's talk about some other kids. What about Dan Howe's game?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been a bit of a fan of Dan Howe for a while, and I think sometimes he can be maligned unfairly given the role he's expected to play. Mm. I've heard the term that he's a bit vanilla, but you oh, that's know it's rough. Vanilla is the most popular flavour of ice cream <laughs> in the world for a reason because it's good. Yeah, um, I think he's actually really, really solid. He's one of those guys you need. That I mean, seems like now as a run with player, run with tagger. It's mm. two weeks in a row he's taken players that are that are, you know, A yep. grade. Yeah, first and slow
0: it, now Pendlebury. Yeah,
2: I mean they're two pretty handy notches to your belt. Um, I think he's yeah he's really got a role to play for uh, the, for the club going in, um, into the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as you mentioned, did back up his, his efforts superbly. Uh, he put a tag on Pendlebury twenty six touches at eighty eight point five percent efficiency. Now, like Mitchell, twelve of his touches were contested. Also, uh, so not only did he blanket you know one of the premier midfielders in the game, he also had a great day out himself, which yeah. is exactly you can't do much better than that.
2: Yeah, exactly. That that's a terrific game.
0: Now the overall functionality, of, if you like, of our backline for well, the last couple of weeks has been superb. I I don't know what the general feeling of supporters is, but uh, you look at our injury list and how depleted we are in that department, and we have shone in spite of all that. It is it has been great to watch. Well, part of
2: the rebuild was always going to have to start
0: moving some of those older players out, mm. and I think
2: I know at the start of the year there was a lot of frustration around how the Teams playing and that's understandable, but at the same time you got to understand who we have had playing out there. Yeah, and to see where our backline now with Caden Brand, um, Blake Hardwick, who I think's been terrific. This oh, year. he's been outstanding. Um, there's a touch of Andy Collins about him, and that's a very, very high compliment from
0: me. Yeah, but, uh, uh, Hardwick kills you by foot every every time. Or oh, not even just by foot, just his general disposal efficiency has been top-notch this year. I think, um, I don't have the, the specific stat on me, but it was around 95% again yesterday, yeah, which is just
2: insane. Yeah, he's a terrific user of the football, um, as well as understanding, and again, this is Alistair Clarkson's genius, that I think he was originally a forward. He
0: was originally a forward, he yeah. lots of goals,
2: but um, again, um, a role as a small back was required, and he was able to, fulfill, to fill it, and really... Mm. Growing incredibly quickly as a footballer, mm. so the great thing here yeah, with that backline, as you mentioned, it, it's really young kids down there. Caden Brand, who have mentioned, um, and I think that having Luke Hodge down there just to to show them how to play as a unit.
0: Yep, the aptly named General.
2: Yeah, and uh, I'm sure everyone saw the footage last week in, in the Adelaide game mm. of him just mm. basically shouting at everyone where to go, and uh, that's um, going to put those guys into in great stead going into the future.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how um, a guy can be in like the twilight of his career. is coming towards the end. And who knows if that's this year or next year or whenever it happens. And it's only now that you really get that insight of, jeez, he is super important as a leader. People talk about it a lot, but then that audio gets released and it's like, that's just a whole new level of insight how important he is, uh, you know, to be in the football club. We expected to see the return of a Premiership hero yesterday. Uh, it didn't happen. Stratton is a late withdrawal. I'm a little bit worried.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, part of me thought he didn't have a match-up yesterday anyway.
0: Collingwood have... I mean, they've got those small
2: forwards like Elliott and um, I think Thomas played yesterday, but they've also got they've got Mason Cox. I thought maybe they'd brought in heavily just for height. Yeah. Who I actually thought... I mean, he's, I wouldn't say he's... <laughs> The most uh, um,
0: beloved, or aesthetically
2: player. pleasing player to, to, to watch, but I thought he actually did a fair role in what he's expected oh, look, to do. He was um, solid guy in his third game. Yeah, who was new to the sport, hey, I that, he did okay.
0: You know, that's the best of his senior games yep. so far. You know, it's, it's not saying you set the world on fire. It wasn't remarkable, but you know, he was solid.
2: I thought he did what he needed to do, yeah. and
0: um, and
2: it to me, he's there as an insurance player. It's a project player. I don't think he's best 22 but there are going to be games when someone does need to come in and exactly right yeah I thought he did that okay um but yeah Stratton I mean I thought his form coming this year has been worrying and it, it yeah. did look injured to me like um he's yeah he's his best when yeah he's a good user of the ball I don't know if that's quite there yet and so yeah um but I suppose the thing with Stratton and I know um There's a particular Hawk headquarters person that will know what I'm talking about here. He needs to kick (laughs) at least one goal in Melbourne. And that's because we've got a song already (laughs) for it to go, which we haven't been able to belt out, and it's really killing us.
0: Okay, this might be an occasion where I'm a bit out of the loop on the Ben Stratton song. I'm not going to get you to sing it. I won't put you on the spot that way. It's
2: actually Micah and myself who who came up with oh,
0: okay, it. so it's not the not the typical Lennon McCartney duo of no, the headquarters. No, no, but, um,
2: <laughs> it's to um, a classic Australian punk song. Yeah, I'm stranded by the Saints. Right, okay. I just wanted to. I'm stranded. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I know in the 2015 Grand Final when Piopolo passed it off to
0: <laughs> you thought that was the moment. That was the moment. Yeah, <laughs> and and
2: and we both uh, lost lost our collective. Yeah. Um, and we were almost going to sing it for the behind he kicked, but... But um, <laughs> well,
0: yeah, why, why not on that day? Not, yeah. Get away with anything that Exactly,
2: day. yes. That was a, a rather enjoyable day at the footy as well. Mm. But, um, man, I mean, I like Stratton. I reckon he's a terrific footballer, but at the same time, we are now starting to develop a new back line.
0: Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting so, to see how he fits in and, and if he can anymore. Well, you know, I don't want to jump the gun. We're a developing back line, but, yeah, you know, what, is, he, is he a focal point of the team's plans Going forward, yeah, it's remains real- to be seen. We'll we'll only start seeing it once he actually does get back in the senior side and how that's going to work. Uh, a guy who is a staple of the back line these days, uh, Caden Brand, who uh, has been hit and miss on occasions, but I thought yesterday he was pretty good. Bit of an unsung hero.
2: I thought that was one of his best games he's played actually. Yeah. Um, I'm actually a big fan of his. I think he's there's a lot. I think he's got a, a good upside. And mm-hmm. I know he, a few weeks ago he he had a bit of a shocker, but.
0: Are you referring to the port game? I think it was the port game. I think the he entire the side had one. a shocker. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and there's a couple of times this year and he sort of burnt the ball and not looked quite comfortable at the top level. But for the most part, I think again he's a growing player. And I'm mm. and maybe this is the, the football traditional in me. You know, I always think taller players always take a bit get given a bit more leeway to, to develop. Yeah. Yep. Um but I thought we are gonna need a big uh, strong backman and I think at the moment, he's looking like he'll fill
0: the role. Nicely. He could be something. It's worth keeping in mind. I think that was his twentieth game or something like it, that. It's it's you know very early on in his career. Exactly, and I think part of the problem sometimes barracking
2: for Hawthorne is you, you set very high yeah. uh, expectations because we had yeah. guys like, especially when I'm thinking back in the eighties, Chris Mew was one of my all-time. Well, he's one of my all-time favourite players. Yep, and he was one of those guys that just came in and was. Great in his first game. Yeah, he'd also had about three or four years playing in the reserves, but mm. he's what one of the greatest centre backs of all time. So it's it's unfair to actually compare everyone to Chris, <laughs> yeah. me, but it's hard when you're for Hawthorne because we have had these players. The bar who have is, being, high. is high. exactly. Been, yeah. been so successful for exactly, so long. Yeah. So um, but I know I think I thought he was very very good yesterday. Uh,
0: one guy that has probably flown under the radar for a lot of people in terms of reviewing this game, I reckon, has been Luke Bruce. Now he had an absolute shocker against Adelaide. He was basically invisible. He, I thought he redeemed himself this week. He was in amongst it. He was very visible, I would say. 18 touches at 94.4% and 11 score involvements. Yeah, I, I thought he was...
2: I totally agree with you. And I thought... Um,
0: I have actually thought he was the best forward on the ground. Right. Um.
2: Yes, and it, it was... Luke Bruce at his best and it was it was that that ability. I mean, some of his work in tight, I thought, was really, really good.
0: Yeah. Yep. And,
2: um, you know, when his opportunities came to kick goals, he kicked one. I mean, one of them was... Probably when the game was over, but it was. Terrific, oh, it was vintage Bruce though, wasn't it? Goal though. Yeah. Sharking
0: the uh, yeah. the ruck work and yeah. you know snapping it. And I'd, it was, I'd
2: go so far to say he's one of the most underrated players in the in the league in terms of small. He's but one of the best small forwards I've seen on his day. Yeah,
0: he's, he's had an interesting year. But at his best, I'd absolutely agree. I'm waiting for him to recapture it. And yesterday was a sign of that. Uh, I want to circle back around. I, I want to give one last shout-out to to Hardwick because you've got to keep in mind that Elliot is very much a danger player uh, in terms of facing Collingwood. Now, he was reduced to 10 touches and one goal and yeah. really just didn't do anything.
2: Yeah, that that's two weeks in a row where he's he's really eclipsed yeah. um, quality small forwards. Yeah. Um, and again, that's understanding what your role is.
0: Now, we had a new follower. Welcome, Ryan John. Thanks very much for getting on board. Uh, Ryan asks, did Mitchell play better this week against the Pies or last time? Either way, six Brownlow votes.
2: <laughs> we have to win by about 60 points for our guys to get three votes. I've seen It games, does
0: look like it, doesn't it? Yeah, some, in the past. Some votes
2: last year, which were totally perplexing. So, I don't know if he'd get him in, in the game against Collingwood. This week, yeah, I'd... Be gobsmacked if he didn't get three. So I reckon it's probably five out of six. But who knows how umpires think? I I, I, I don't
0: get it. I don't it know either.
2: how umpires want to give votes. So
0: we heard from Liam Robinson as well, who tweeted into at Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, Coming of age for Dan Howe today. towed up one of the elite mids in Pendles today. Said it from the start. Kid can play. Now, obviously, we've covered this. You're a big fan. Yep. Would you? Um, who, who have we got? We've got the Giants. Next week, yeah. Is there a really obvious matchup for him? Like off the top, I'll put you on the spot. D- D- D-
2: Dylan will Dylan the guy that you'd want to lock. Oh, down that's on, what I was I, thinking. I, I yeah. think he's looking like a grade player. Well, geez, the, the whole side's full of him, but he'd be the one I'd be trying to probably lock down on.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, so yeah, probably another. Uh, that'd
0: be the, the obvious matchup. They, uh, the Giants didn't look too flashy against Geelong, but that was a weird sort of game. I felt watching that one. It was very strange. Um... The
2: fumbling GWS were doing was unbelievable. They couldn't. Yeah. But they have so much quality there, they're able to pull that game back. And then, of course, um, Tom Hawkins missing the goal after the siren.
0: Just the perfect schadenfreude for Hawthorne fans.
2: Bittersweet, because I wish he'd done that in that game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I could have handled him kicking the goal this week and not the one back in, when was it? Uh, 2012.
0: 2012. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I've repressed it when exactly it was. I remember the moment well enough, but well, I, I don't I, remember when. I
2: remember the, the date because it was my birthday.
0: <laughs> oh no! And up to that
2: point, I was having like one of the greatest birthdays oh. ever. <laughs> I'd gone out for a lovely meal during the day. That's the terrible,
0: Damn you, day. Tom Hawkins! Yeah. <laughs> so um, so is he like? I, I know this is the case for a lot of Hawthorne supporters. Is he one of your most hated players? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, makes sense.
2: Yeah, he, does, he just he, he just shoots me. I don't know. <laughs> he's a, look, and he's a good player. Is he though? I think well, that's why.
0: I think that's why he shoots me. I don't he, think he is a good look, player. Look,
2: I think he's look. He beats up on smaller players. Yeah, and you, you can only play against who you you matched up on. Um, I mean, I always thought Brian Lake had his measure and then some. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So a good strong backman can can take him out. But
0: yeah. He's when the, he's got the right matchup. here's so like, why I particularly enjoyed that Shank. I had to work through it a bit. I thought, well, that, that was just beautiful to watch. I thought, why did I enjoy that so much? And the fact is that, yeah, it is bittersweet. It reminds me of, he did kick a goal after the siren against us. He won that match. But that's all he is. <laughs> that's literally all he's got. And he was the architect of his legacy. And he is the destroyer of his legacy. With that one kick against the Giants, failing... To put that through, he's completely undone everything he's ever accomplished at AFL level. Honestly, and I'd love to hear from people. I, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here, so I'm sure <laughs> Hawthorne supporters would love to beat up on Tom Hawkins at Hawk Talk Pod. You tell me whether he's done anything else. I think I'm gonna. I think I know the response. It's gonna be a resounding no.
2: Oh, I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate here.
0: Yep. He
2: was he was pretty good in the was it 2000 which grand final did they win 2011 yeah okay he, he couldn't kick he couldn't kick a goal to save his life that day but yeah. as a presence he was okay look fair, so, fair
0: cop this is on the presumption and again I don't know I've not checked I'm not going to go back and check because I'm not going to relive that goal I assume it happened in 2012 that's what I heard so look you know I, I'm saying I'm I'm drawing a line from 2012 to now to the <laughs> present day I don't think he's done anything since.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's possibly a fair call.
0: And you know, if you know, isn't there a saying you're only as good as your last as your game? your last game, yes. Yeah, yes. something so, like so that. So at the yeah. moment, yes. AFL cliche, but I'm <laughs> calling it as true. Now we move <laughs> on to uh, Carlo, who tweeted in uh, at Hawk Talk Pod: Is Ryan Schoenmakers making a late play for another contract or simply displaying his best for potential suitors?
2: Oh, jeez.
0: <laughs> that's a very, very good question, actually. He did show up to play. Well, he was good in that first quarter. He sort of dropped off a bit after that.
2: Yeah, and that's that's probably, I suppose, the... the um the slide on him that there, are, there are times when he just looks tremendous. Yeah, but um, he doesn't seem to be able to play a full f- four quarters of footy. He did actually take so- a really good mark in the last quarter too. Yeah, which was really important in the context of the game. Um, really strong mark.
0: Um, I'd say just too many other players have eclipsed him for his position now.
2: Yeah, and I mean I don't he's he, I don't think we can ever put him back. I think those days are gone. Yeah. So he's there as a, a forward. Um, I still think at the moment we are struggling a little bit in our forward line. Um, yeah. We don't really have that big body, but I don't think he's the one that's going to be.
0: No, I, I don't think he's the future. You know, to answer that question quite seriously, yeah, I think we are showcasing what he can do before we offload him. Because we, we need it fresh in people's minds that, yeah, he can play at that level. Yeah, oh, look, it, 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 I think as a secondary forward,
2: I think he's got something to offer. But now that we've got Tim O'Brien starting to come through... That's right, yeah. Um, ...who can
0: also play in the rock. I mean, the thing about O'Brien is, you know, <laughs> it's not too long ago that he was on the fringes too. But he's come out this year and it just, it's really been... He's owned this year. Yeah, it's well, been the year of his career. I'm one of those people with massive egg on their
2: face because I thought... <laughs> I didn't see it happening. I thought he's just a skinny guy that's never going to... Yeah, Very similar to me going through... That I didn't actually hit puberty till I was about 30. Um, <laughs> I could not put weight on to save my life. Now I can't lose it to save it. <laughs> Um But yeah, I just thought he's just going to be too skinny for the position he's required to play. But yeah. geez, to his credit, um, his hands are really strong. Yep. Um, he's a lovely kick for goal. Um. And well, he's he's able to go on the ruck, which I think we need because I think that's one of the things we're struggling a little bit this year too. Is I think McAvoy has been terrific, yep. but he does need a chop out. Oh totally. And, and I think yeah. O'Brien's at least been able to compete uh, doing that.
0: You know, I'll come out and say I was a doubter too, but you know, it's uh it's what a year he's had. It's been amazing to watch. Uh we've had a question from Matt. Can we play Bruce, Puapolo, and Cyril all in the same team? I'm gonna answer that straight up. Yes. <laughs>
2: We won three premierships doing that. I so, know. So, yes. <laughs> so I, I don't want
0: to put you on blast, Matt, but, uh, you know, you send us a question. There's your answer. Yes, we have done. It's produced tremendous results. I hope we do again. Uh, Hartung and Lankford, frustrating to watch at times, he adds. And I think anyone who listens to this podcast knows my view on this. What's your take on it, Rusty?
2: Yes, it is frustrating. Um, I mean, on the weekend, I think Billy... I th- look, he does some good stuff, yep. and he can find the ball, Um his defensive work can sometimes be a bit frustrating. It's you know, there's a couple of times where he stopped where he could have kept chasing. Yeah, it's
0: not a great urgency there defensively. Yeah, sometimes.
2: And um, sometimes his decision-making can let him down. And I think I mean, I mean, think it is going to be tough for him going forward because Ricky Henderson's playing a lot better. I really did not, not know anything about Ricky Henderson neither. other than play for Adelaide. Yeah, neither. And he's actually... He's, I mean, I'm not saying he's got aspects of his game he needs to work on as well, but he's actually been really good as a... As a wing wing type player, so that, yeah. if you got Isaac Smith on one side and and Ricky Henderson the other, that, that le- makes it pretty hard for Billy Hartung going forward. Yeah, um, Will Langford. I mean, I'll, he's attack on the ball and he's a yeah. You know, he never gives less than a hundred percent, and um, yeah, if everyone played with his intensity, you'd be almost unbeatable. But everyone knows what the
0: what well, the outcome generally the outcome is. generally is. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately,
2: skill level lets him down, and that shot on goal. And he was sort of laughing about it
0: himself. I turned around to, you know, my colleagues in M10, <laughs> and I said, I give him no chance. In fact, I give him less than no chance. He has negative chance to slot this through. And he kicks it out of bounds on the full. So, and I yeah. turn around and I'm like, I told you. Yeah. I don't want to be right, but I knew I was going to be. He's,
2: was it zero goals, six behinds for set shots? Oh, is he? So that's not including oh. the ones he's put <laughs> the on ones the full. He's, yeah. So, um, but the, the thing is, yeah, but he can get the ball. So it it, it is frustrating because I think, yeah, he has got a lot of positives to his game, but mm. sometimes the negatives really start to detract.
0: So. Here's another curly one for you: uh, if Stratton, Chip, and Gibbo were all fit to play next week, who comes out and who comes in, and does Sicily stay in defence? Let's tackle the <laughs> first part. Let's imagine that Stratton, Chip, and Gibbo were all fit and firing, ready to go. It's it's a tough one because. We're trying to develop the future, and I think I don't think Gibbo is part of that for mine. No, I think so, Gibbo
2: gets one game at the end of the round twenty as a, as a farewell. Last round is, as yep. a farewell against the Bulldogs. Yep, fair enough. And I think he probably knows that. And um, but I suppose that's the question: What if all three of them were fit now? Well, yes, I don't think you'd play Gibson. I think he'd you'd send him to Box Hill to help there.
0: Yep. Um. So you have got Stratton and Frawley Stratton left. And Frawley. It's so tough because. It's, it's almost a blessing in disguise at this point that they're unavailable because we're seeing some good things. Led to, yeah,
2: yeah younger players getting an opportunity and actually taking it. I mean, I suppose Heatherly would be out. For, yeah, yeah. Uh, ba- um, based
0: on the team that we took the Collingwood, yeah, yeah Heatherly would be Frawley, out. Yep.
2: So that gives you a full-back and a centre-half-back. But Stratton's traditionally been your, your sort of half-back flank. Mm, it's interesting. So Is sort like, of what Burton's playing?
0: Do you move Burton into the <laughs> midfield? You know, we've tried Burton up forward as well. And he's and He looks capable there too, so... Yeah. It's tough. I think it all really hinges on where the team is on the ladder. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, for mine, this is my personal view, I'm not particularly interested in finals. I don't think that should be our goal. And therefore, no, I'm not rushing Strats and Frawley back at the moment. I think if we are, you know if this year had, had it played out a bit different and we're in the position to really make a charge then uh, a back line with Birchall Stratton and Frawley you know those those three names it looks pretty good yeah you know that's what you want to be doing and then you know if, it's, since we're dealing in hypotheticals you know you bring Rioli into the mix and then you start looking at O'Meara being fit finally
2: yeah there's some pretty handy names not playing
0: at the moment yeah, so, um, yeah.
2: but um, it's an excellent question and I think the more I think about it, the more I'd suggest maybe it is better. You know, one of the things that Hawthorne in the 80s was very big on was earning your spot in the senior side. Yeah. And I don't see why that wouldn't have played a guy's, even if they have played in premierships. Earn your way back up through Box Hill.
0: Now, we look at Danny's question from Twitter. Now, we've seen the breakout of how Brand, Hardwick and Burton. Will there be any other young blokes to cement their spot before the year's out? I think cementing a spot, probably not. I Trying think, things, uh, I would yeah. say, is likely. I mean,
2: cousin's debut was terrific. Yeah, that was he was superb in that game against the Swans. Then um, probably found it a little bit harder as the the next few oh, yeah. games, and that's again yeah, yeah, expected of a young player.
0: Lined up against Port, and we just famously got blown out of <laughs> yeah. the water immediately. I mean, that's got to be tough. Uh, and we've got Wilsmore sitting there.
2: Yeah, I, I find it hard to figure out what his position would be.
0: I, does he take Hartung's spot? Is that the idea that we're possibly, kind of grooming him as an understudy yeah, at this point?
2: Possibly, yeah. And, um, who else I'm trying to think?
0: We've got Cade got Stewart.
2: Yeah, I was very big on Cade Stewart at the start of the year. Um, mm. Watched a few Box Hill games where he hasn't quite. Yeah quite looked good enough. For yeah, the, for, for fallen the away the a bit. Yep. And that's, again, that's going to happen with younger players as the season goes on. So he's still got a bit bit to build up, I think, till he can come in. Mm. But in terms of cementing a spot, I think it, it'd be tough because, you know, he's still got, as I said, we've still got O'Mira to try to slot back in. Yeah. Rioli obviously comes back into the team. Pioppolo. <laughs> uh, you yeah. There's pretty big I, names. I
0: talk about names that, uh, you know, don't get included based on their name alone. A uh, rioli, really. <laughs> I think, tends to <laughs> yeah. come in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is a pretty obvious one. Yeah. Uh, so I'll backtrack on that just slightly. Um, now, Danny adds, "What are our revised expectations for the rest of season twenty seventeen? We sort of touched on this. You know where I'm coming from. How about you?
2: I've been that way pretty much the whole way through the year since we lost the first game. <laughs> I yeah. thought, I thought the <laughs> wow. Okay. I thought the writing was on the wall. I had maybe having a few arguments with people about this that if you had a look, especially after the first two weeks. Um, yeah. yeah, we'd lost our last we only won one game out of our last six or so.
0: Yeah, when you look when you factor in yeah, you yeah. factor in the previous season, wasn't so, looking good.
2: Yeah, on trend line this is what happens because I do actually work in the area statistics, so um, mm. I'd spotted a trend line there and I said I oh, I think we're actually on the way out and I could you could see our we really did need an injection of younger players. Mm. We were looking slow and so my my Main expectation for this year was to, to just develop some younger players yeah. and hopefully see if they could come through. So seeing Burton in particular, but Hardwick and Howe, um, even Sicily, yeah. seems like he might be a reinvented O'Brien. These guys coming through, mm. I'm quite happy with the way like, the
0: club's uh, the direction of the club this year. Yeah, even Sicily, um, just all of a sudden looks much more comfortable as defender. I've not been a big fan of it, but I'm warming to it gradually.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, speak I know we had a question before about frustrating players. He's one that frustrates me incredibly yes. at times. His yep. ability to fall over <laughs> is probably unparalleled. But um, maybe it's just understanding what his position needs to be. Now is that mm. sort of floating half back where he can? His markings terrific. Yeah, it is. And maybe it's just finding a role that actually suits his skill set well. And maybe that's what we found with him because he's been. Very, very good. The last couple of weeks,
0: mm. uh, Lindsay wants us to discuss Clarko's post-game presser, specifically the last few minutes, talking about 2016 and the future. He says it's great stuff worth discussing. Now, did you happen to no? Nah, I catch must admit, it? I haven't watched it. So I'll try I'll try and paraphrase it. I think it is interesting. Effectively reflecting on the 2016 season, um, he, he has basically said, "Look, how do you tell supporters that?" We're not interested in going for a flag. How do you tell supporters and the players that that's not going to be our focus to make history? And Clarko basically said, "Yeah, we thought we were good enough, and it turns out that we weren't necessarily. There were teams that were just better than us, just like there are teams that are better than us this year. But uh, you know, now we look ahead, and it won't be too long before we're back there. The way the the what he's trying to accomplish is he's trying to get us back up there as soon as possible, and." Uh, <laughs> You know, this this year is one that we've had to cop because we thought we could do it last year, and he was wrong. But, as he points out, how do you tell people that? <laughs> how do you set the future in motion when a lot of people are going to go, what are you doing? Yep. This, is, this is premature. Look at our list. Are you kidding me? But, you know, they rolled the dice and uh, didn't make it past the semi-final. It's just what happens. It's yeah, just um, what happens. And we were top of the ladder, Yep. But,
2: um yeah, when we beat the Swans last year, the one with yeah. the Burgoyne and turned it on the last quarter, um, we'd peaked early, Other yeah. uh, sides came over the top of us at the right time, that happens, I mean, I thought there was nothing wrong, I mean, I, to me that's actually just incredibly sensible yeah. <laughs> thing yeah. to say, you can't really go telling supporters, well we're not interested in finals, because some people, you know, there's a... I suppose there's a commercial aspect to it. You don't oh, want, absolutely
0: you stakeholders people. and exactly, it's, it's, yeah. the club is much bigger than the people who wave banners around exactly and flags, right. So
2: They're, you have to be able to put a, uh, I suppose a spin on what's, what's going on at the time to show, yeah. it, yes, that is where we're aiming. I think, as I said, to me it became pretty obvious this year that we weren't going to play finals, mm. get, particularly when the injury started to mount. Um, so I think that's a, that's Alistair Clarkson just being incredibly sensible.
0: Now, speaking of uh, people in senior positions at the club, uh, we've heard from Tracy Gaudry. She's mentioned that there's going to be celebrations for Hodgie's 300th, but she's not going to spoil the surprise. (laughs) So I don't know what that means. Are they bringing out merch? Hodge specific merch, maybe I don't, no idea what that means.
2: Maybe I know Hodge is a big fan of it. Maybe some some KFC after the game.
0: <laughs> all right, so he's going to forego the light and easy <laughs> he's for one le- week. Let have a week off.
2: That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'd, who was it? I can't remember the comedian that made it. it might have been Ricky Gervais. It's like what have, what have we come to when we're eating out of a bucket? <laughs> <laughs> it really symbolises more than we'd like. Um, now it's award season all the time here on the Hawk Talk podcast. Now I've got two cracking awards. The first one, the Inaugural brilliant banner Wowie award. I don't know whether you saw this one, Rusty. Now BT is constantly having a whinge these days, made a fuss about the Swan shunning his so-called segment, Roaming Brian. Have you caught Roaming Brian in the post-match?
2: I have, and I don't know what television's come to. I mean, it just it reminds me a little bit when I was younger when they suspend. I mean, this is for the older listeners out there. Um, mm. Tommy Layef on. I can't think what the radio station was. They used to send him off after the games to try to get in the rooms. Yep. And invariably, he couldn't. <laughs> and that cut down to him. You know, Tommy, you're there. Yeah, I'm in the coach's room, fellas. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost that's come back to Horner's next that we have to watch it on telly. Just he's yeah. walking around. The one where he did it with us and he didn't
0: know who Kate Stewart was. and That's right, yeah. I just... Didn't
2: understand the fact... You know, I thought
0: fellow was disrespectful.
2: I actually thought it was really disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, he was there as an emergency. They were sending him out to... Uh, Basically, to, to do some exercise, yeah, keep your to fitness, keep your fitness up. up because he wasn't going to be able to play at Box Hill, and it was almost like he was, he was pissing on the whole. Yeah, club.
0: I, 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 d- yeah. I, didn't appreciate. It. I know that I might be guilty of taking that too seriously, but anyway, I've talked about Roaming Brian a lot on this podcast. Well, he was, it was annoyed because the Swans when they defeated Essendon in that game, they, they didn't really let him in. They, they <laughs> didn't want him to do his usual Roaming Brian shtick. They gave him, they gave him the opportunity to, inter- to do interviews. Yeah. But they didn't want him doing his whole thing. So uh, after he was clearly unhappy, very unprofessional about it, uh, Sydney decided to troll him with a simple yet effective banner on Friday night that read Back at the G, wowee, let's get the win so we can welcome BT. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's really.
2: I know the Swans are, yeah, you know, one of our mortal enemies. Yeah, they are I'm rivals. Pu- I'm paying that one. That, that's, oh that's, yeah, you got to pay funny.
0: it. You got to pay it. I loved it. Uh, the next one we move on to. Well, talking about rivals, how about this one? The inaugural award for CEO Gon troppo goes to Essendon CEO Xavier Campbell, who slammed his side on Twitter after the eight point loss to the last place Brisbane Lions at Etihad Stadium. It was not one they were expected to drop, so you can see why he was furious. Uh, the bomb was led by 27 points at the final term and conceded six of the next seven goals the tweet read not good enough not even close fans deserve so much better 41,000 came out today and we let you down i love how now fans deserve better yeah well, not well, in the, the past 4 <laughs> years or or ensuring that they have a um governance in
2: place to ensure half their side doesn't get put out
0: yeah exactly right yeah
2: <laughs> for, for um yeah Breaches of the the drug code. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I understand. You, again, you want to set a standard for your club, but I think bagging out your team when they've had a loss. Oh, uh, what was even more. Law, what was, was
0: even more way. perplexing is that the Essendon account retweeted him. Like, just it it wasn't smart to tweet it out in the first place, but then to tweet it to all of those followers. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah,
2: totally agree.
0: You're getting carried away. Yeah, I just. Take the loss, and you can be disappointed, but there's... exactly
2: and saying, Hey, we, we regroup for next week, and
0: yeah, just yeah, yeah. Try, like do your usual media spin, isn't it? All clubs are sort of trained to do that, it feels like. And it kind of reminds me on Friday night with um, uh, Tom Bug, who, uh, who after he smacked Callum Mills, he, he went on camera straight after the game. Like, what are Melbourne thinking? They they would have had no time to debrief with him and strategize and win the PR game. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, that that was a really strange thing,
2: and and he's like he's trying to be contrite and all that sort of stuff. But mm. I mean, the way it came across to me is, the, and I think this is exactly I suppose where you're, you're alluding to here. It mm. seemed to me that was an attempt just to try to get his. Uh, reduce the number of weeks he was going to yeah, do by tr- let's tr- play a media game. And yeah, try me,
0: and I'm, try and save some face, get on exactly. the front foot, be yeah. apologetic, yep. which, uh, as my girlfriend noticed, he never said sorry.
2: That's the first thing I noticed. <laughs> sorry, for, sorry for breaking that guy's jaw or what did he end up with? I
0: know he's... Oh, uh, I'm not actually sure Mill sustained. Yeah, but he certainly it was, was, a was out for the rest of the match. And it
2: was a nasty, nasty hit. Yeah. and um, It was worse yeah, than Hooley's. Oh, way worse. Because at least Hooley's, you could say, he was trying to shake a tag. Yeah. And threw it, threw a fist back in anger. Where that was just, the, the I'm thing, going to pot this guy.
0: The amazing yeah. thing about Bug's explanation to camera post-match was uh, it was not his intention to hurt him. What well, was his intention? Normally when you punch someone
2: in the jaw, the intention yeah. <laughs> is to hurt them. I don't know. Just, yeah, it's funny know, how that works. I don't think it was to, you know... Put his jaw back the place, or something.
0: You know. <laughs> I think Tom Bug provides the perfect segue to the uh, the anti fantasy league. Are you familiar with this? I
2: am familiar with the anti fantasy league, having listened to the podcast.
0: Yeah. Now, bring anyone up to speed uh, who isn't aware of this. My uh, my anti my anti fantasy team uh, consists of uh, the people who I think or I expect to perform the worst. Each round. So it's a, a collection of players that I deem to be the worst. I need them to score the lowest. Basically, if they have a ripper game, it's not good news for my team. I want to <laughs> score the lowest every week in AFL Fantasy. So I can tell you that Bug had an absolute shocker, as you might expect. He ended up with 35. Now, the guys around him, the worst-performed players for round 15, actually, did. I did okay. Uh, Sam Frost, 48. So he got absolutely done by Franklin. Mad Jack Dor, 42. Who, when he gets a game, he's a sure bet. Not
2: bad to say. That's a guarantee. Oh, he's,
0: he's just shocking. Uh, and the worst, yet again. He, He's just the guy. Go- he's the player that keeps on giving when it comes to AFL, when it comes to anti-fantasy stuff. Daniel Talia, 33, is the worst in my team yet again. He's the LVP, the least valued player. <laughs> he is the find of the season. This is the first time I've done anything like this. And Daniel Talia is... In a team that's flying, yeah. like the Crows are doing very well. Um, he just cannot do a thing. He, he barely scores above 40 every week. There you go. Unbelievable. Uh, now, on that light-hearted note, I think we might leave it there, Rusty. Are you, you going to watch the uh, GWS game? Yes, definitely. And, um,
2: yeah, sneaky, sneaky um, feeling we might do okay.
0: I reckon we might do okay. I, I think um, it helps that it's in Tassie.
2: Yeah, and... Um, GWS are in a funny little spot at the moment where they're not really playing terrific footy. They're they grinding out games. Yeah. And if we were going to beat them, now's the time to
1: do
0: it. Yeah. I don't think
2: we'd be able to do it later. If they start to peak later in the season.
0: Which I think they will. I, I think that's what we're seeing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: They'll be a juggernaut. But this time of the year, we might be able to... Because they haven't travelled too well.
0: No. Well, I mean, they were so, beaten by Carlton just recently. Exactly.
2: And... um. I know Adelaide flogged him in that first round. So, that yeah, mm. um, very good at home. Yep. On the road, maybe they are susceptible. So, we'll see how we go.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I think we're a sneaky chance as well. Now, I'm always cautious of saying that. I don't want to get too carried away. We've won back-to-back. they have been uh, very enjoyable wins. So, I'm, you know, I'm uh, very aware of getting too carried away with just two yeah, two wins. But, uh, no, I you know, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing what we can do against... Who who was the team that was at the start of the season the benchmark yep. everyone expected would win the flag they still could uh, it's a season where frankly anything can happen it's just one of those weird times we're knocking on the door of the eight can you even believe it
2: that that yeah I saw that <laughs> the other day and said that's crazy
0: um, <laughs> yeah, that is crazy talk. yeah
2: but um, I mean I don't we won't get in but um, but the fact yeah that it just does show what a tight season it is and really there's no really standout team at the moment
0: no there's really not. No, I mean, we beat the flag favourites last week. And we could beat the new flag favourites hey, next week. week. Yeah, yeah this right. week, yeah. yeah. Well, so that's Hawks vs Giants. Now, I believe it's on Saturday. Uh, you know what? You know I'm going to tweet about it anyway. This will not be the only plug for that game. Until then, look forward to your company. At Hawk Talk Pod. is where you want to go to follow us. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. As I said, we've had some brilliant five-star ratings lately. Write a review as well. Uh, I think we had one from Tyrone Vickery's cat was the username so thanks (laughs) thanks very much and uh, meow to you too Uh, that's it for this week Uh, I don't know I think Tiz is back next week or the week after he will be coming back folks I know you miss him a lot if you do miss him tweet at us at Talk Pod I'll pass it on to him anyway that's it for this week we are a happy team at Hawthorps Okay, so right now we've got a bit of a uh, Hawk Talk podcast bonus. Tiz is still out of the country. Thought to do something a little bit different and get a very special guest in. Uh, we've got Rusty Brooks' son with me at the moment, a Hawk supporter, Young Tacker. What's your name, little fella? Jacob. Welcome, Jacob. Uh, how long have you been supporting Hawthorne?
1: Ten years.
0: Ten years? God, it's catching up to me. So have you seen any of Hawthorne's premierships?
1: Um, I've seen a few on the TV.
0: Have you seen the last three that we won? Yes. Did you have a favourite?
1: Um, I reckon maybe the 2013 one. I like that one a lot.
0: What do you think of Fremantle? They're rubbish, aren't they?
1: I can totally agree.
0: <laughs> do you have a favourite player? We've had so many good players so, over the years.
1: I do like a lot of players. I like Josh Gibson, Billy Hartung, Jack Gunston. But I reckon my favourite is Sir Rioli.
0: I haven't seen a lot of Cyril this year. What do you like about Cyril Rioli?
1: He's just a really good player and I like what he does and he's overall goodness as a player. He
0: is an excitement machine. Did you have the pleasure of uh, seeing one of my favourite players, Lance Franklin, run around for Hawthorne? I guess he would have seen the the 2013 Grand Final.
1: Mm. I don't recall seeing Lance Franklin.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's not particularly memorable, is he? What are you looking forward to about this season the most? Do you think we're going to play finals?
1: Mm, Maybe.
0: Did you you like our win against Collingwood? What did you think of that?
1: Mega awesome.
0: Mega awesome. It's been so fun having you on the Hawk Talk podcast. Do you have a message for the Mighty Hawks? Are you going to cheer them on?
1: Get to the finals, okay?
0: Yeah, you, you heard him. Get to the finals. Clarko could take a page out of your book. Need to get you down at half time, rev them up. Might fix our third quarters. Alright, we will uh we'll wrap it up there. We are once again a happy team at Hawthorne.